Good morning, church family. And happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. And I have to say a special thank you to Derek and the music team for playing last minute requests. Derek was asking me earlier just kind of about the message and all that and didn't give him a whole lot of direction as far as the music today. And then, you know, yesterday I find myself singing at the top of my lungs, you know, there's power in the blood. <laughs> and it's like, hey, Derek, <laughs> send him a text. Because <laughs> it kind of ties in with what we're going to be talking about today as we continue in the book of Ephesians. And uh, this is great. I'm so glad to have the opportunity to speak from up here again. Um, it's neat, kind of when you're going to be teaching something, guess what, you know, you need to get into the Word. <laughs> you need to get into the Word deep. You need to be praying. And uh, I guess if there's something that I've learned from this again, yet again, for the umpteenth time, is that as we study God's Word, uh, study, study it like you're going to have to teach it. How's that for an idea? Let's say we as an elder board were to come up, invite anyone or you or you or you or you, any one of you on any given Sunday, say, hey, how would you like to bring the message next Sunday? And guess what? You get kind of energized and all fired up and inspired, and it's such a blessing. I mean, it's been such a blessing for me. You know, I'm supposed to be here blessing you guys, and guess what? It's a blessing for myself. I'm like the one that gets the benefit of it. Uh, so good to see you again, Ed, by the way. <laughs> Uh, just uh, Ed Stevens over there. Uh, we've been praying for you, my brother. Um, I thought, why don't we uh, just look, thinking about Father's Day this past week with Father's Day coming up, as I think I've shared with some of you in the past, I'm actually blessed with uh, quite a few fathers. I actually have three fathers here, here on earth. Uh, my first dad, Joe Rank, is my biological father. And uh, I guess backing up a little bit, as I was thinking about my dad's, you know, as you kind of start thinking about your fathers, you start thinking about, you know, what do I want to learn from them? You know, our fathers have been down the road before us, and it's like, what can I learn from them? And as I was thinking about my first dad, my biological father, Joe, uh, I guess I kind of learned from him the value of hard work. I think that's something that he has impressed upon me. Uh, my parents divorced when I was young, and then I got a second father, uh, Don Travers. I think some of you have met my first dad, by the way, Joe. He's come here a couple of times, a few times anyway. Uh, my second father, Don Travers, he and my mom married when I was 10 years old. And talk about a brave man, my mom had three boys. Uh, they got married when I was 10, so they must have met when I was 9 or something like that. But to uh, take on a woman with three boys, ages 11, 9, and 7... Uh, yeah, anyway, a lot of guts. <laughs> As I think about, hey, what have I learned from him? I think I learned uh, the value of spending time with your kids. I mean, he would take us, uh, you know, fishing and camping and doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, we went deer hunting once, I remember, with my uncle and my cousins. I uh, didn't get anything. I think the deer could hear us from about a half mile away, at least, if not further. So we saw nary a deer, other than I guess at the very end we saw one, but that thing was about a mile away. Um, so anyway, that's my second father. My third dad's here today, Robert Keyline. Hey, Dad. <laughs> uh, many of you know Robert. So what I learned from you, Dad, let's see. Hmm. Let me think. I can think of lots of things, but I'm just going to do one for each father. But I guess what I learned from Robert is, uh, you know, if you set your mind to something, 
you know, you can, you can do it. You can probably do it. Uh, I don't know how many of you know Robert and kind of some of his background, but this is a guy that builds airplanes in his barn, <laughs> you know. Talk about something that might seem like an insurmountable task, but guess what, you know, some research, hard work, putting your mind to something, uh, you can do just about anything. And so I'm grateful for the three uh, fathers that I have. And uh, of course, we all have a common father, and the greatest father of all, who is our father in heaven. And as I was thinking about our father in heaven, uh, I just thought, hey, it'd be fun to look up some of the attributes of God. And uh, hopefully you guys can read this here. This is from a website, uh, BibleStudyTools.com. And this was awesome. I mean, they just had right there uh, 15 attributes of God. And I know it wasn't too terrible. Well, maybe it has been quite a while now. Derek at one point, I think, was uh, maybe doing a little bit of a study talking about some of the different attributes of God. Uh, but God is awesome. <laughs> uh, let's start with, and in this, uh, if you wanted to go through and take a look at this, and just pull it up online. It's neat because it has all, you know, a lot of different the Bible verses and references that go with all of these different attributes. Uh, for starters, God is infinite. He is self-existing without origin. God is immutable, meaning he never changes. There's a word we don't use every day, but he's never changing. I mean, he's constant. He's consistent. God is self-sufficient. He has no needs. God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. God is omnipresent. Omnipresent. He is always everywhere. I love it. Uh, you know, where can I flee from your presence? Wherever I go, if I you know, go to the depths of the ocean, you are there. I love that passage of scripture. You know, wherever we are, we have God, our Father, is with us. And so we might feel alone at some point in time, but know that God is with us. And guess what? Our earthly fathers aren't going to be with us forever. We always have our Father in heaven. God is wise. He is full of perfect, unchanging wisdom. God is faithful. He is infinitely, unchangingly true. God is good. He is infinitely, unchangingly kind and full of good will. God is just. He is infinitely, unchangeably right and perfect in all he does. God is merciful. He is infinitely, unchangeably compassionate and kind. God is gracious. God is infinitely inclined to spare the guilty. God is loving. God is infinitely, unchangingly loves us. God is holy. He is infinitely, unchangingly perfect and God is glorious. He is infinitely beautiful and great. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, we do just give thanks this day as we honor our fathers here on earth. We're just so grateful for them. And Lord, as we just, uh, just think of you and just how awesome and incredible you are as we look at these different attributes of you. Uh, Lord, we're just, uh, we're just in awe of you. We love you, we adore you, we seek to honor you, Lord. And I just pray that you guide me in our uh, study today, Lord, in the book of Ephesians. Lord, who am I to be up here to teaching your people, Lord? I just pray that you would speak through me, speak through your word, which is living and active, Lord, which judges the thoughts and attitudes of our hearts, Lord. Just pray that you would just speak to us today, Lord. 
May our hearts be drawn to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, some thoughts as far as uh, just where Jerry left off. Um, so appreciate, uh, Jerry kind of got us launched on the study of Ephesians. And uh, some of the things, you know, I think I'm going to actually, uh, yeah, I think we have time for this. As we take a look at uh, verse 6, because again, I'm picking up 7 through 21. I'll be covering uh, verses 7 uh, through 21 today and next Sunday. Uh, but one thing that... Uh, I thought was just really neat, and Jerry obviously talked a little bit about this, but just looking at verse 6 as we segue into 7 through 21, you know, this mystery that Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and shares together in the promises in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus. And, you know, before Christ came, we as Gentiles, meaning non-Jews, you know, frankly, we were on the outside looking in. You know, Israel was God's chosen people. Uh, you know, he lived with them. He was with them out there during the times of Exodus as they left Egypt. And, uh, you know, for everybody else, you know, it's like, gee, yeah, that is the God of Israel. And how awesome is it that through Christ it became clear that now we are grafted in. And I just think of uh, in Romans chapter 11, you know, that really addresses how we as Gentiles, it's kind of like a plant. And I'm not very good at horticulture, but you know, you can take the root of a plant and graft in another branch into it. And we are like a branch that has been grafted in with the nation of Israel. And we know from John, yet to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And how awesome is that? When we accept what Christ has done for us, uh, we become children of God. And also comes with a warning that I can't help but to thinking about as well. You know, we need to um, have like just proper respect for what God has done for us. And in Romans 11:20 20 through 21, you know, this is a pretty sobering verse, but I've always liked it, always have remembered it. But it says, you know, speaking to us, and this is Paul writing to the Romans, do not be arrogant, but be afraid. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. <laughs> and so, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen? Uh, we need to always hold God in reverence and not take our position that we have with him through Christ and Christ alone and what he's done for us for granted. So getting back, seeing as I'm supposed to be tackling 7 through 21, uh, when we look again just to revisit kind of our focus and what Jerry launched for us here is when we understand who we are in Christ, it causes change in our hearts, which enables us to live our lives in the manner God calls us to. And Jerry has pointed out that Ephesians 1 through 3 is really spelling out who we are in Christ. And then 4, 5, and 6, then we're going to take a look to see, well, what should our response be to that once we have that understanding? And uh, so we're going to continue taking a look at this here. Now, I don't know about you. Uh, thank you, Jerry, for reading the scripture today. But as I was going through and looking at this, you know, I just see references to power all over the place, right? There's power, power, power. It occurs in verse 7, 16, 18, 20. 
And you know, are we not a country that's infatuated by power, you know, borderline obsessed by power? Uh, it's everywhere. I mean, we see it uh, just kind of into the whole uh, embodies a little bit of our culture. I mean, we go so far as, you know, having competitions about power. This is, you know, the national draft horse pulling competi competition championships or some such thing. And you look at this horse, you know, hey, aren't we all just uh, admire the physical strength of this animal? I mean, this thing's unbelievable. And uh, I haven't been to one of these sorts of things in quite a while. I remember Joel and I once, we had the opportunity when we were visiting some friends in New Hampshire, and when we went to uh, Maine, we went to a country fair in Maine, and this was like in October. It starts to get cold in Maine in October. <laughs> Not so cold here in Reading, perhaps. And uh, they had uh, ox pulling competitions. You know, hey, how much weight they can pull and drag and everything else. We even take it a step further. Uh, forget about, you know, just animals. How about monster truck pulls? You know, I have not been to a monster truck pull before, but I'm thinking this might be something I have to check out. And this is kind of bizarre. You know, you take a look at these things, and I don't know about you, but I think my money's on the one on the left. I suppose when you, I suppose you can put any type of vehicle you want on the chassis of one of these things. Because what is that on the right? Is that a Ford LTD propped up there on top of that thing or some such thing? Cadillac? Is that a Cadillac? Okay. Got a Cadillac. You know, you could have put a Volkswagen bug up there and it may not look very impressive, but then when you look at its foundation, it's like, okay, maybe that thing's got a chance. Uh, there's another example that we have of power in society today. How about this guy? LeBron James. LeBron did not make it to the NBA Finals this year with his new team, but, you know, LeBron still to this day, he's like a man amongst boys, and guess what? All these guys in the NBA are not boys. <laughs> They're men. But somehow this guy is just a beast. I wish my arms looked like that. Um, that guy's a stud. So again, we look at power and in basketball. Pardon me. Am I not supposed to say that in church? <laughs> anyway. Uh, you know, the guy's just dominant. And, and that's what so much, so much of our sports are about. You know, It's like, hey, who's the most powerful? Who's, who's the strongest? Well, we got other types of power too, right? <laughs> We've got political power. We've got a big power struggle going on in Washington right now. I think everybody knows who these two people are. How about other types of power? Here's the media. You know, there's also media. You know, there's power struggles trying to influence how we think. You know, different types of power. We looked at physical strength, political power, power to influence our thinking. How about corporate power struggles? Sorry, I don't have a slide for that one you know, working up the corporate ladder and whatnot. People exerting power, you know, by power can be influence over others or psychological control, which can be really sad as well. And this is just part of the society that we live in. But guess what? This is not the type of power that we're reading about and learning about in Ephesians chapter 3. And again, we are talking about who we are in Christ. So, let's get back to our scripture and the verses that we're looking at here. Here again, it's maybe a little bit hard just with the uh, font that I have up there, but in the orange, you know, here's, here's where we have power kind of all over the place, but let me, uh, let's outline this instead. Are you guys able to read that? That's going to be a little bit difficult for you. Yep, that okay? Okay. 
I know I can read it from here, but you guys in the back, that's great. Uh, starting with verse 7, for example, you know, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power. So what are we looking at here? This power gives us the gift of God's grace. You know, we have the power to know uh, God's grace. That's the kind of power that we're talking about. We're not talking about a strength or something, but an understanding and a gift that we receive through his power. Uh, verses, you know, 16 through 21, moving on from there. You know, I pray that out of his glory riches, glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. So his power is going to strengthen us. It gives us strength, and this is not a physical strength. This is not a political strength that he's given us. Uh, but again, we're going to look more at what that strength is. Uh, through his power in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. This power transforms us. This power allows Christ to dwell in our hearts through faith. Also, this power gives us faith. It allows us to have faith. You know, the word of the Lord is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those of us, but to the rest of us, you know, we are being saved. It is the power of God. This power, what else? Uh, may have power together, I and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power, there's power again, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. It gives us understanding. This power gives us understanding. Uh, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power, this power blesses us. We are blessed through this power. And I just kind of summarized it. I don't have a slide of this one here, but uh, just kind of putting it now a little bit more into layman's terms for all, all of us. And I just kind of outlined some of the things that I gather from that as we go through this. But this power, it is from God. First and foremost, it is not our power. It is not our strength. It is not our great intellect. It is from God. This power gives understanding by allowing us to see the grace of God we have through our Lord Jesus Christ. This power strengthens us, not in a physical way, for nothing in this passage is speaking of the physical sense. It allows Christ to dwell in our hearts, as I spoke about it enables us to have faith in him. Uh, this is from verse 12, so just a little bit earlier than part of this. Uh, it allows us to approach God with freedom and confidence. That's what this power does. It gives us understanding of the incredible magnitude of Christ's love for us, Christ's love for us, an understanding that runs deeper than a mere mental understanding, but rather is a heartfelt understanding. This power, it satisfies us. It blesses us. I've spoke about those as well. This power is infinitely better than worldly power. Infinitely better than any power that we could possibly have or seek to achieve here in this world. And whether we seek it or not to have it, what we have is vastly, infinitely 
better than the power of this world and worldly power. So what is the source of this power again? If we back up just a little bit here from verse 16, I have it in the green font, font, font there. You may, with power through the Spirit in your inner being. This power is from the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit that indwells the believer. We know that God is love. We know that God dwells within us through the power of his spirit. We are to live a life filled with his love. As we go through and we take a look at all these different uh, items pertaining to the power, really it's a transformation. Uh, you know, I feel like we're starting to make the transition here from who we are in Christ to how we are to act, how we are to respond. And it boils down to the fact that we, as Christ followers, are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. That's another one of the amazing mysteries of God. Christ in us. Amen? It's amazing. A uh, better title then, so my original title for this sermon was going to be, uh, what I have, Living with Power? Well, you know, scratch that out. Living by the Spirit. Living with power can kind of give the wrong impression, right? We're going to talk more about living by the Spirit, by the Spirit of a holy, loving God that dwells within us. And I think what we need to understand is that we need to get real with people. We need to be willing to go deep. I mean, look at the ministry of Christ. You know, he was just always coming alongside people and ministering to them, and we are to follow the example of Christ. And I think in doing so, we need to be vulnerable ourselves. You know, we can't ask for transparency in a relationship if we ourselves are not willing to be transparent. Uh, I got to thinking about a time when uh, Joelle and I once met, met a uh, young woman, and uh, just as we were getting to, to know her, just really, um, really sensed that she had some past hurt. She had some past hurts from something. You know, I don't know what. I mean, a couple times during the conversation, you could just see that she was starting to tear up. And, you know, as, um, you know, through that, you know, I kind of, you know, wanted to, wanted to pry, but it wasn't really prying, just come, come alongside and say, you know, hey, what is it that's troubling you? But I was reluctant to do so because, you know, we all kind of put up a wall, do we not? You know, we all kind of have this invisible wall. Uh, you know, gee, you don't want to invade somebody's privacy somebody's personal life, right? And so, you know, I was a little reluctant to do that. And, uh, and as I thought about it, you know, in hindsight, yes, we did pray for this young woman, but I regret that maybe I didn't just come alongside a little bit more in love with something, you know, what could I have said? Gee, it's always to think, easy to think of things afterwards that you could have said, right? It's in that moment, what could I have said? I could have said something like, you know, gee, I really sense that, you know, something's still really troubling me. Would you like to talk about it? Um, again, we, we prayed for her afterwards, but just really, you know, kind of generically did pray for healing. But, you know, I think there's, uh, I think we could have done a better job there, just coming alongside in love for her to experience the healing that she needs. We could have shared with her more about God and God's word and uh, hopefully have done, done something else there. Uh, 
And you know, yes, yeah, sometimes, um, you know, I think we need to be, you know, I, I think sometimes we need to just think about these walls. And I got to talking with these, <laughs> with Weston, who uh, had the artwork today. This was awesome. If you want to take a look in your bulletin, uh, the copy that I have up there on the screen isn't half as good as what we have here in the bulletin. But you know, as we look at these walls that people put up, these walls that we put up in life, uh, I love what you've done here, Weston. You know, here we got this guy on the left. Hey, how are you doing today? Uh, the woman on the other side of the wall. I'm doing really good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. But then as you look closely at all of these things, you know, here on the left side, you know, people I hate, people I've hurt, financial mess, guilt, a box that just says, do not open. <laughs> uh, broken relationships. Real fine print there on the bottom by his feet, you know, who I want to be. There on the right side, what does she have there? She has this insecurity list. Shame, past hurts, regret, cheat list. You know, if we're going to help some people, you know, round the corner and have healing in their lives, we need to be willing to get real. You know, are you and I putting up walls ourselves? Are we fearful of being vulnerable? Do we have family members or friends that we care about who are putting up walls? I think we need to be prepared to cross these boundaries with the compassionate heart of Christ. Uh, I was having breakfast with a brother in Christ recently who was sharing with me how um, he's just been ministering to this family for a really long time. And uh, there's uh, like a family member that's kind of moving back. And this family member has always been kind of like the pink elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. And, you know, that would be an interesting artwork project too, huh? Got a room, big pink elephant. It's like, what elephant? You know, nobody wants to talk about that pink elephant in the room. Well, guess what? This friend of mine, he asked about the pink elephant in the room. He asked the question that nobody else was willing to ask. And, you know, the family really cares and they're concerned about this family member, but they just haven't known how to go about addressing it. And guess what? This brother in Christ is coming alongside this family to help them to try to help find healing in this family and help this family member that they care about that they just don't know how to handle it. And this is kind of a different example here. This brother has earned the right to be heard, right? You know, sometimes we, you know, we can't always just take for granted that people are gonna wanna talk to us, right? I mean, sometimes you can have just totally amazing, transparent conversations with total strangers and people just open up to you. And sometimes people can talk to a stranger e more easily than they can talk to somebody that they know and that they interact with, oddly enough. But then there's other times where we need to earn the right to be heard and we need to have already laid some groundwork and demonstrate the, the love of Christ. And so if we uh, tie all of this back to, you know, again, living by the Spirit and living as, you know, Christ is calling us to live in this power, this, this amazing power is Christ in us and living by his spirit. And as I got to thinking again about how Jerry outlaid things for us with you know, uh, chapters one through three and four through six and the contrast there, uh, I, was, I remembered a passage from 2 Peter chapter one, uh, verses three through four, 
that reads, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. As we carve this in half, we look at that first verse. You know, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. And is this not what Jerry's been talking to us about, verses 1 and 3, when we understand who we are in Christ, then we're able to live the life we're called to live. And then, you know, chapters 4 through 6, then this is the action, this is the response. Through these he has given us his very great precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And this is uh, such a beautiful thing. You know, this is just so God and God's word. As we look at the Bible, we have two different writers, right? Ephesians, written by the Apostle Paul. Peter, written by, guess who? Peter. And so here we have two writers, same thing, theme, and just the beauty of God's Word. It's woven together like a tapestry. For God's Word, of course, is not written by man, but God's Word is written by God through man. You know, all Scripture is God-breathed, right? And just what a beautiful thing when we just see it all come together like this and just, uh, just driving it home for us. Uh, I guess one other thought here as we take a look at this. Um, yeah, back to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 2 for a moment. Something that struck me with all of this. Chapter 3, verse 2. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. For you. You know, the same really applies to us. You know, we are called to be God's ambassadors. You know, we have this gift. We have this power. We are filled with the Spirit. Yes, it's for us. That's great. It's for others. It's not just for us. We got to share it. We don't lock it in a box. You know, Paul says here, you know, given to me for you. This power that we have, this indwelling of the Spirit, it's not just for us, guys. It's for us to share with a world that's hurting so badly. How about Ephesians 3.10? Same thing, theme right there again. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purposes, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Backing up again, his intent was that now through the church, and Joel and I, we used to go to a church in Davis, and the pastor used to start every sermon just about, and I've shared this before, but I'm going to do it again, you know. Who is the church? And we'd all respond, we are, and a whole lot more of us. <laughs> Top of our lungs. That was our response. Who is the church? We are, and a whole lot more of us. You know, we are the feet. You know, how beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we are just so, so blessed to be filled 
by your spirit. And Lord, it's just so uh, difficult to understand. And we're, we live in a world that does not understand a God that they cannot see. And yet, Lord, you've just made your presence abundantly clear to us. And Lord, it's like, who are we, Lord, that you would choose us and use us for your glory and your purposes? And I just pray that all of us would just live by your power, by your spirit that indwells us. For Lord, you did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. And Lord, I just pray that we would live by your spirit that dwells within us, just to reach out to those around us, people who are hurting, who need you in their lives, just to be transformed by your grace and to know that your mercy that you have and that you hold out to them, Lord. So, Lord, just pray for our church. I just pray that we would be uh, just bold ambassadors of your glory and of your love to everybody around us. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.